Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Hi, I'm Sarah Smith. If you're the type of person that goes to liberty as other people would go on safari, and the fact that John Lewis doesn't have a funeral service makes you fret, Sarah Smith cleaning cloths are for you. Sarah Smith, available from Sainsbury's for the Posher Washer. Proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. It's May the 2nd, and we are in New York. And whenever Dumpty Dummers get together throughout the world, what do they do, New York, Nigel? They sing a song. <laughs> a Dumpty Dum, to be precise. Are you sure? I think so. Could you second that, Beth? I second that. Do you want to third that? I do third that. <laughs> Who are you, though, Morgan? Morgan. <laughs> and where exactly are we, Mr. Witherspoon? We are in front of the Norwood Club in New York City. Ooh, so, after three... <laughs> One, two, three. Dumpty 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 dum, dumpty dumpty dum, dum dumpty 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 dum, dumpty diddly dum, dumpty diddly dum, diddly dum, diddly dum, dumpty 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 dum, dumpty diddly dum. Over the past five years, Slibbing World and Sudbury have taken part in Race for Life in memory of a much-loved member sadly lost to cancer far too young and have raised many thousands of pounds for this cause close to our hearts. Our team, Angel Delights, will be taking part again this year and would welcome your support. Our Just Giving page is justgiving.com slash hyphen l-i-t-e-s or contact at dusty substances on twitter thank you <laughs> this is dumpty dum the show about the reality docudrama that is centered on ambridge in the heart of the midlands i'm the organic carrot that is yokel bear and with me i have the mildewed veg box that is lucy freeman and the last part of the collapse of bridge farm enterprises is you Today's Dumpty Dum is, well, from whoever Royfield decides it should be, because he's over in America land, hence me being here. But in the meantime, Lucy, can you remind our listeners how they can win the accolade of Dumpty Dumber of the Week? Yes. 
if you would like to sing us a Dumpty Dum, give us a plot prediction or develop a violent allergic reaction to your own shepherd's hut, then ring us on 0203031105 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Thanks to lovely Shambridges for her amazing voices, to Cosmo for his podcast roundups and to Sarah Smith for sponsoring us. Thank you also to Derek for the loan of the back bedroom. It's a bit tidier in here as uh, Derek's having a sort out for the uh, village jumble trail. He's decided to donate his selection of specialist Angela Rippon fan fiction and his truss. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> He'll Ew. give it a rinse through. That's one trail I don't want to go on. <laughs> Funnily enough, my mum, who's an archers, <laughs> archers listener, yeah. but has very high standards in life. All um, archers listeners do. Well, yes, but more so than normal. Ooh, okay. Um and she just she turned around and we talk about the archers like we do. Normally we see each other once a week and we're just like, Oh, what's happening on the archers? And she said, That jumble trail. I said, Well what about it? She said, It's just gonna be a load of old tap that should go down the dump, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't believe in upcycling, do you know what I mean? It's just you know, why upcycle when you can buy a new do you know, one? Your so. mother has ruined my monologue. That is the first that is the first two sentences of my monologue. Now, really? Oh, God, no. Royfield, Yoko cut that Blair out. <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. Leave it in. It shows she's a woman of good taste. Absolutely. Um, so, on this week's episode, we have calls from Michelle, who wants to talk about the candy in the classroom. New York Nigel, who wants to talk about soil erosion. And can I say just firstly, what finer topic is that, you know? <laughs> um, Witherspoon, who has a message from Handsome Husband. And Miss Mid-City who says hurrah for Peggy. But first, let's hear about Lucy's week in Ambridge. Um, what did we learn this week on Ambridge? That there is a fine line between tat and vintage. <laughs> Fallon and Emma went off to a vintage fair and nearly bought a lamp, but said they couldn't as it had to be pat-tested. That means they take it over to Bridge Farm. Pat looks at it and says the lamp's not completely broken, but it's certainly been behaving oddly for quite a while now, officer. (laughs) But I don't think it would actually hurt anyone. They have now inevitably decided to have a festival of tat in Ambridge. Oh, good. Furniture on the radio. What could be better? Uh, Jazza is attempting to fill the void caused by no longer having to spend his mornings rogering the board housewives of Ambridge and has become the world's most unlikely bird watcher. Most birds he's seen are covered in batter. And while Jimmus is worrying about the difference between finches, Jazza's still wondering what part of a chicken its nuggets come from. <laughs> Josh and Pip seem to be best friends now, oddly, but then so much is odd. What's one more thing? I sense something coming. Pip being rejected by Matthew in a dumping bigger than the Bridge Farm reed bed after one of Pat's lentil and aubergine bakes. Yeah. <laughs> Wayne Foley has been replaced as media person who keeps turning up in Ambridge with Evie Thorne Davis with the eyebrows. She interviewed the fair buttocks about their up the arse eggs and both of them sat on Josh to prevent him getting a word in edgeways. Josh discussed it with Hootie Jill who said vaguely, well it makes a change from juggling cats which makes me think she's heading straight into the laurels and can sit next to Alistair while he sits in the corner shouting horse paintings. Brian had a good laugh at Sabrina Thwaite having no sense of shame. Ha! She's probably got less to be ashamed of than you have, Brian. And Jennifer said she couldn't imagine what it must be like to be Pat. Well, to be honest, Jenny, darling, if I was going to put money on someone being the mother of a jailbird, it would be you, as Kate's got tax-dodging fraudster written all over her like a henna tattoo. (laughs) Uh, Piggy, actually, was quite helpful and supportive. 
for once, which was the biggest surprise of the week. She went marching off to the prison to see Helen, quite enjoyed the all-over body search, and as a result, will be going back again next week. When she got home, she got her retro sketch out again, wiped it clear, and rewrote her will for the 43rd time. It now says, Helen is very brave and gets everything, unless she stops listening to me, in which case lock her up and throw away the key, and that nice Rob can have it all. I've always liked him, such a nice young man. Uh, Latif, who sounds very handsome and was played by Omar Sharif, had a very fun day out at Home Farm talking about seeds. Everyone said his name over and over again to make sure he remembered who he was. You would like to speak to Adam Latif? Certainly. Adam Latif wants to speak to you, Latif. Does come here and speak to Latif, who's over there looking handsome. Kenton and New Wayne are getting on better, so now Kenton just has to put his willy away. Instead of telling him to just get over himself, <laughs> Jolene is, of course, doing some weird psychological manipulation to get exactly the same result, but with a lot of Cadbury's caramel coy chuckling. Ruth and David had a wander up and down Lakey Hill, waiting for Hootie Jill's Madeira cake to cool down. They do bugger all those two. I mean, nowadays, even the cows milk each other. Ed, the butch, shearer and tractor man, has suddenly found the time to start making elf houses for no apparent reason whatsoever. Oh. What with Eddie moving into shepherd's huts and Bert building caravans for chickens, Ambridge is slowly turning into a sort of agricultural shanty town. Homes for all! <laughs> as long as you're not a Grundy, you don't actually need somewhere proper to live, perform ferret manicures and hose down your crusty long johns. And in other news, Tom went to go and cheer Morrissey up and heaven knows he's miserable now. The end. Bravo. Bravo. That was great this week. <laughs> that was, oh, yes, there's lots to talk about there as well. There the um, I, Actually, I'm going to break with tradition because we mentioned about Latif. Yes. And I'm going to mention a tweet now. And I'm really hoping you haven't picked it as one of your tweets of the week. <laughs> but it was from at Jazza Archers, which is Jazza McCreary on Twitter, said, um, it's almost summer. That must mean <gasps> I that- had got it as one of my tweets. That, you see, I said you and I are separated at birth. Oh, so there carry, you go. No, carry on anyway. Mind carry mind. on anyway. I like it. Right. That must mean it's almost time for Adam to have an affair. Picker, dairy manager, or posh businessman. Now, isn't this the truth? <laughs> it is Every summer. Every yeah. summer. Yeah. It's, the, it's, like, it's like sun's out, bum's out for Adam, isn't it? It's just like... <laughs> Well, I mean, I I think we should get to the point where actually we don't need British summertime anymore. We need British Adam time. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's so regular. We just put our clocks forward. The first time that Adam's putting it somewhere that he should. The clunk of Adam's belt hitting the floor. (laughs) Yeah, then we all put our clocks back. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, but that was that was great. Latif did keep talking about his wife and his children, didn't he? I think so. Yeah. So that might be pushing it slightly. Slightly. I know, I know, you know, two tries for a conversion and all that, but I'm not sure that they'd actually go that far. Well, I don't know, see, because Adam seems to have... See, Adam seems to have this way with men, doesn't he? But, I mean, I don't know why. I mean, you know, God, can he no, bottle no. it or something? <laughs> I mean, it's just <laughs> not like... not Adam Love? Well, it's just, yeah, you it's like just... You like Ian, though, aren't you, don't you? Sorry? You're, you're a big Ian fan, aren't you? Oh no, no! I'm not. A bit, I'm not an Ian fan. That's that's always been a bone of contention with me and some other people. Oh, that's right. Yeah, is yeah. that I've yeah. never been really too enamoured with Ian, um, and I don't really know why. I just never really kind of gelled I, with him as character. Can I ask you, as a, as a as a as a gentleman of the gay persuasion, yes. does your gaydar go off when you hear Adam? I mean, do you think that yes, that he, you know, you sort of 
I don't know. You kind of think, yes, he's he's talking to his partner. Does that it doesn't sort of seem realistic? Or well, yes and no. Um, I think because they've been together so long, and God knows why, because you know all the unfaithfulness and what have yeah. you. Um, and talking of which, that's a plot line that's never been resolved, hasn't it? They got married just before Ian found out that he's actually had two affairs. They got married. There was me all ready for kind of, God, what's he, what's he going to do? Yeah. I mean, let's face it, this, you know, I've, Ian's handy with the knives, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I kind of do because they've been together so long. So whether that's kind of fairly realistic in that, you know, it, 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 I, but in terms of Adam, no, not really. But right. I don't know why. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. It's he's he's quite butch, really, isn't he, Adam? I mean, it's, I guess what? he's a farmer, isn't he? What happened to Sean from the Cat and Fiddle? Do you know? I can't remember. See, this you is the thing. Sid Sid used to hate him, didn't he? Because because he was he was gay. He used to be because Sid was a right home. Yeah. And he um. Uh, he always used to have a go at, at them, and that was sort of extra, a, a, an added sort of element to the rivalry between the bull and the cat and fiddle. But I don't even know what's happened to the cat and fiddle, let alone Sean. I, 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 do you know what? I really don't know. Cosmo don't will know. know. Cosmo! Yeah, Cosmo, this is a job for Cosmo. <laughs> I mean, but if this was a TV soap, then they would have moved to Birmingham, basically, because that's yes. what happens in all TV soaps, isn't it? <laughs> Someone disappears, oh, they'd move to Birmingham. Mind <laughs> you, I'm saying that, but Vicky might move to Birmingham. So, yeah, so, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm still, I don't know. Adam and Ian just, they've never really, God, we're probably going to get calls about this, aren't we? For me, they've never really kind of seemed together. And the times that they're kind of, um, you know, they're together doing domestic things, which is less and less these days, they don't actually really, uh, it all seems a bit odd couple rather yeah. than couple to me. Yeah. Yes. But I don't I know. Agree. Maybe it's just me. Who was the guy that did the milk? King who went to do you remember they did the Ambridge Extra? And there was a guy there was a guy that used to do the milk round and then they had an Ambridge Ambridge Extra and they went off and and basically they bumped into this bloke who turned out to be his boyfriend because he used to be in a relationship with a man and he never came back and then Mike had those problems kind of oh god how am I gonna get Was it Harry? Because Fallon, yeah, went, yes. Fallon went off with him, didn't she? Yeah, and then, now, and then... yes. And on our projector, that actually came across as quite quite realistic, to be honest with you. <laughs> so, oh. I don't know, it's a bit odd. I don't know. <laughs> so, anyway, the other thing I was going to say that was um, that this week in Ambridge, one thing that really made me think as well was Ursula went to church. I know, I thought that. I thought how somehow sure. that didn't seem to match up with her at all to me. That, I mean, exactly. I think it's just like, what church was you going to? Church of Satan. It's yeah. like, um, <laughs> she walks in and, you know, all the crucifixes catch fire or something. It's just like, she, what the hell is she going she'd to She's never for? mentioned that before. Mm. I don't think she'd ever taken, because uh, he said, don't you want to go to church with, 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 with uh, Granny Ursula, didn't he? But yeah, yeah. I don't think she'd ever taken Henry to church before, and I don't remember her going before all this happened. You don't reckon she? 
You don't reckon she's doing a bit of a um, she's doing a bit of a um, kind of publicity thing, you know, uh, trying to win yes, the yes, locals yes. over yeah, by being be. part of the community. But I think she's mm, so. Um, yes. I think she's so uh, dismissive of the locals, and so I don't think she'd care what they thought of her. Really, she just thinks that the the the, the Titchener's are right and everyone else is wrong. She's she's you know she I don't think she cares at all. She doesn't like. Kirsty, she obviously hates Pat. She, you know, she's just not interested in anybody. She was vaguely nice to Peggy, but I don't think she'd be interested in impressing anyone because I don't think she cares that much. No, I think, I mean, she she is a comedy character, though, just on the basis she's one step away from turning up in a coat made of Dalmatians, isn't oh, she? Oh, absolutely. She is yeah. the Cruella de Vil of the... Yeah. Of, yeah. Mm. But then there's a strange other dimension of, of her, uh, you know, is she herself an abused wife because of the way how horrible because of how horrible bruce is um so i'm not sure what we're supposed to infer from that 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 abused women go on to then produce abused children which which is you know Mm. obviously well documented but but do they themselves become abusers in 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 terms of their sort of um the way they are with other people you know lacking in empathy and 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 superiority and everything else i don't know it's just a i I don't know if if they're just trying to give her a personality or whether she's supposed to be acting according to a certain type i don't know i to be honest i don't know either i mean there's some fascinating stuff going around i mean I, i like the theory that's going around that miles the other son yeah he's somehow going to play a part in this yes. but not for the family yeah because it is really odd that he's not there it's really and also, so stick when, out like sore yeah. thumb. and when they talked about him he said uh arsula said he is still your brother as if there's something gravely wrong with him but he is still your brother which makes me think he is something that they you know disapprove of so he's either gay or he's he's um you know different to them in some in some respect he's not sort of following the family uh you know this this this, yeah. this ridiculous front that they they put up as as you know this this perfect upright family um so he's obviously letting the side down as they would see it in some in some way but we just don't know how yet well yeah, yeah. god knows we could do with something coming well, cantering to the rescue couldn't we bloody hell yes why i don't understand well this will all come up in the calls anyway but i just don't understand why helen isn't telling anybody anything do we see whether any caller in us have, have counted yes. to our rescue hello ambridge 3962 the first call is uh michelle lafette okay the candy in the classroom Hi, Lucy and Rowfield. It's Michelle from Rhode Island calling. I just wanted to say I really appreciate you guys being back this week. I know it entailed a lot of sacrifice with Lucy having to listen to two whole weeks of the Archers at once and Rowfield's international travel. Um, But I really missed the podcast last week. And I want to talk about the, um, the little story Helen told about the candy in the classroom, which I'm sure everyone's going to call in about. But um, I, I think I sort of understand what they're trying to do there. Um, you know, people that have inappropriate guilt and tend to internalize blame are, are kind of targeted by predators like Rob. And, and it shows Helen as being a particularly sensitive, emotional person, which is fine. And uh, a lot of people who aren't sensitive and emotional also 
get involved in these abusive relationships. So I just wonder what they're trying to say about Helen as a character there, if she's just, you know, she obviously thinks she's broken, Rob thinks she's broken, the audience thinks she's broken, but finding the way she's not broken is what's going to help her get out of this. So I hope that happens. Anyway, uh, thanks for the podcast, always. Um, Bye. What was all that about? Well, I think it comes down to the same thing again it's about the internalizing thing again isn't it which is that i think helen's looking over it's almost kind of like this trauma has happened and she's kind of looking back and making connections with things in her life thinking well this is do you think she's actually sat in the cell thinking i did this therefore i am a bad person yes and look you go all the way back to school and i was a bad person then but she says she doesn't say she's bad she says she's weak yeah. And that people can spot weakness in her. That Greg chose her because she was weak. That Rob chose her because she was weak. So she's identifying that somehow these things are happening to her. She She's thinking that these things are happening to her because of something. Mm. Which is true to an extent in that horrible men will pick women that they see lacking in 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 confidence or self-belief but she is thinking that that in itself is a fault of hers that she's somehow giving off these awful vibes which is attracting these blokes yeah i think i think also as well it comes back to what what you've discussed before about perfection yeah and i think what's you know and it's i'm really kind of i'm really aware that i can sit here and say well this is maybe what she's doing and what have you but as a man i can i can never really kind of understand the situation that that has you know put her there yeah because but i think there's one thing that that really kind of rang true was when you spoke about perfectionism and then when it came to the attack on rob was that I mean, I think maybe she sat there thinking, this is proof that I cannot be perfect and therefore I'm weak and therefore I'm not, you know, because she's in a, maybe in her head, and we know this is not what's really going on, but maybe in her head, she's thinking, I've sabotaged what could have been a perfect marriage. Yeah. Because she's blaming herself. Whereas actually, Rob's been sabotaging that. From day one, yeah. And well, his only intention in getting involved with her, I think, was to, yeah, to, to 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 see something that he saw as sort of flawed perfection and just crack it open, and that's what he did. Yeah. I, th- I think for Helen, I think for people who are like Helen, that kind of level of, particularly women, that level of perfectionism and that level of anxiety over having to do everything to be seen to be doing the right things to give off the right image all the time Mm. there is there is no good enough there is perfect and then there is wrong and weak and uh, you know a waste of time and and so and when you get to that stage it's it's an exhausting way to live because nobody can live like that so then you do find you do find yourself in extreme situations because your 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 hunt for perfectionism and the lengths you will go to put yourself put you in that in that position where where you, you're facing the extremes of a situation rather than just a middle ground where you think okay today was a really crappy day and I didn't do well but you know tomorrow I'll try harder and I'll try not to do that again one day at a time that kind of thing but yeah. 
And that that mentality also, as far as I know, seems to go along with eating disorders as well. That kind of, yeah. if I eat anything, I'm dreadful. The only way to be good is to just not eat full stop. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a, I think there's a lot of truth in that. That certainly kind of, it makes sense. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. I think we just have to kind of see this out now, don't we? And just well, see... We haven't got a lot of choice, have we, really? <laughs> no. And, I mean, kind of, I, I went through that phase where I wasn't really listening to it, but I felt as though, you know, I did start listening to it again. But it's difficult. It's difficult because it kind of overshadows everything, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You know. Uh, which mm. takes us on to Witherspoon actually hey baby i hear the blues are calling tossed salads and scrambled eggs mercy greetings lucy royfield millie bell and all dumpty dummers around the world it's witherspoon and angus haggis here with a special message from handsome husband he says he wants to stop listening to the archers at least for a while because he finds the whole thing too depressing well Though there is a little bit of evidence that the listing ocean liner that dare not be named is very, very slowly turning away from the iceberg named I Don't Give a Crap Anymore, as I had noted in the first couple of weeks after the pie incident, and as Lucy and others so eloquently talked about last week, the story has just overwhelmed the enjoyment of everything else. As much as we'd like to engage in the other storylines as a respite against all things Helen and Rob related, they all seem like rather small potatoes. Though I'll say briefly, Josh, as kind as he is to his granny, is otherwise becoming more and more of a jerk. Will anyone put him in his place? And does anyone have less personal insight than Jazzer? Are the script writers planning to have him fall into the deepest of abysses rather than apologize? Well, back to Law & Order Ambridge. The level of associated malaise is palpable and has caused the listeners to be infected by it as well. Why haven't more of Helen's family and friends rallied to her, her cause? Why haven't they stopped and asked, why would Helen have done such a thing? Why wouldn't anyone have raised the question of possible abuse? And as we've all wondered, where are the missing? Kirsty, Ian, and Jess. Why is a 91-year-old woman the only one who tries to light a fire under Helen? When Helen mentions, mentions to Ms. Anna Tregoran that she won't let Rob have the children, why doesn't she pursue this? And when Anna has to briefly play psychoanalysis with Helen, why does she not request that a forensic psychiatrist or psychologist be called for a consultation? Will that brief insight into obsessive, self-critical personality that has certainly been brought to a boil by Rob be further examined, or will it be left at the side of the road, as so many other plot strands have been? Wait, Angus has something to tell me. He says, Stop mixing my metaphors and to stop asking so many questions without answers. Well then, Dumpty Dummers, talk among yourselves and we'll check in again next week. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs Mercy Handsome oh, husband so. is depressed um, Yes, and absolutely Why aren't more I know, I know it's up to Helen Which of her family and friends Visit her She has to sign the thing, doesn't she To say that she wants those people yeah. to visit her But A, why, why aren't more people visiting Pat and Tony and saying, how are you? How is Helen? What's up? People only seem to ask if they sort of bump into them in the shop and things. 
Or they're asking other people. It's just like this, like everyone's yeah. circling round, aren't yes. they? Yeah. I mean, I don't know whether that's a particularly British thing where you sort of, you don't, you know, let's just don't upset them. It's like when you're bereaved and somebody crosses the road rather than talk to you because they don't. And it's not because they're being horrible. It's just because they have no idea what to say. So they'd rather mm. just, you know, run away. Um, so whether it's, it's, it's an element of that, that they, that they kind of just want to, to, to just leave them to it because they find the whole thing too awkward. They don't know what to say. Yeah. But, you know, well, again, Kathy, where the hell is Kathy? Kathy, Pat's best friend. Has spontaneously combusted, apparently. As if Paul, as if Paul <laughs> Pat hasn't got enough probably moved to, to Birmingham. Witherspoon's right. And I think, you know, I think, I think there's something in here, which is that, you know, when someone's partner, who's obviously been listening along, is now saying, do you know what? That's yeah. enough. That's too yeah. much. Then I think, you know, I think it's tipping over an edge somewhat. Yeah. And I just, yeah, I mean, I've, my views on this are well known, and you know, so. But I think another thing, <laughs> with this being said, <laughs> Law and Order Ambridge, my immediate thought was Law and Oh no, <laughs> just, not Order, it's just Oh no. Um, every time it comes on, but there's nothing that with this being said that I thought was quite interesting, which was the missing. Yeah. So many people missing. Yeah. There was a bit this week. Where um, where um, Linda went round to see Kate? Oh yes, to see because Kate. Of the, was... <laughs> because of the strange what rash. And she so, wasn't there. Yeah. I just said, "Oh no, no." And <laughs> Jennifer was just, "Oh well, no, no one's seen her." And I was thinking, "You're right, no one's seen her." And no, it got I was me... wondering whether Jennifer would go. Do you know we haven't seen her for about nine months? <laughs> don't know where she is you know we should be ringing the police by now well i think i think the thing is and i've made a connection something else which is the do you remember when the cattle went missing yes has kate taken the cattle is that what you're no, saying no the cattle go missing first yeah and now people are going it's like the missing. Bermuda bloody triangle isn't it well i tell you what we don't need ambridge extra we need ambridge x files <laughs> something weird's going on maybe there's some sort of cosmic force around penny hassett that's, <laughs> that's you know dragging, fel- dragging things down they'll have to do a search with with radar planes and things like that the felpersham triangle <laughs> but, <laughs> bloody hell chris and emma chris and alice carter they'll be there Yes, it's just like we should get Mulder and Scully. Can you imagine the um, the archers with a, an um, an Ambridge X Files crossover? Can you imagine Mulder and Scully? I'm going to see in if, the bull. I'm going. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to see if Harriet can do an impression of um, of Scully. And then, and then I should. think we should do a recording of, of the Ambridge X-Files. I think so. Can you imagine them interviewing do, Joe? It's do, just do, like... Do, 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 do. It's just brilliant. <laughs> but again, also as well, Witherspoon was saying as well, it's very badly done. Now, I, I, I mean... Oh, what, the I, procedural stuff? Like, why isn't yeah. Anna Trebogan bringing along a psychiatrist? Yeah. Now, I've watched every episode of Silk at least three times, which, as far as I know, makes me legally qualified. As far and as I'm concerned, it makes you certifiable. But anyway, carry on. Yes. Oh, I loved Silk. Maxine <laughs> Peake. I love Maxine Peake. Um, but yeah, basically, it's you're right. It's just 
that's not how things work, or at least not my understanding of it. It's like, you know, so, so certainly a barrister wouldn't be turning around and saying, oh, well, you know, I'll give up a few weeks for you and just sit in the cell and wait for you to say <laughs> something. You know, well, it's, it's up just... to you, really. I'll just sit here and wait until you decide you want to talk rather than telling you, right, you've got half an hour, go. Yeah, who's, exactly. Who's, who is paying for all this anyway? <laughs> you just and also as well. Why isn't Anna Tregoran just going? Go on, Helen. Clock's ticking. Yeah, Mon- money's clocking up. Unless you tell me you are going to prison for a very long time. Not all yeah. this. As far as all the solicitors I know, they're not massively touchy feely. I have to say, they're not all that patient, really. No, no. <laughs> it's just she seems quite. You know. Well, whoever uh, is paying for it, I mean, it's, they've probably got equivalent of the national debt of Brazil by now, haven't they? Because, I mean, it, it, she's already spent about £85 billion just waiting for Hella to, you know, say something other than no comment. That was the first fortnight. <laughs> Can you imagine it when the legal bills get so much, it's just like Helen finally gets released, you know. <laughs> and, and they go, just, I'm so glad to be home. It's just like, yeah, they're coming to repossess it yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> 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 and we've had just... to sell Henry. <laughs> Just like, and I mean, let's face it, housing is a housing is an issue. I mean, we've seen with the Grundies, and yes, you know, yes, yes. Though I've got, I've got an idea. And again, it's another science fiction thing. You know, the Elvin House. Oh my God! Yes. Do you, do you remember that film, Fantastic Voyage? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> They could all shrink shrink down and go and live in the little elf house. (laughs) That was a very odd thing, wasn't it? Those elf houses. I think they're going to open the door and find Sandy Toxvig and Susan Kalman living in them. (laughs) (laughs) I I preferred it when this plot line was about uh, Jennifer potentially being on the magic mushrooms, to be honest with you. I'll tell you what, there's a plot. If, if you want to take an issue up, script writers, old uh, grannies on mushrooms. <laughs> well, do you remember that time when Kate, uh, Kate spiked um, oh, yes. Jennifer and Brian's uh, venison stew oh, when she was you. going around with, what was he called? Mud or spud or something like that. What was he called? He had a real... It was because everybody was getting all excited about bypasses, weren't they? And we had the first ever crusty and everybody went nuts about him. Oh, yeah. What was he I think called? It was, I think it was spud, was <laughs> Git or plonker or something. I can't remember his name. But anyway, yes, she was with him and, uh, and, they, and, and she put loads of, um, loads of grass in the, in the, in the curry. And and Je- not curry in the in the stew. And Jennifer just got very chatty and a bit giggly, didn't she? Yes, but so, I tell you what, that's something that needs no to happen there, on then. Brian on a regular basis. Oh, Brian would love it. My God, he needs a bit of um, R and R living with all those. Uh, well, he's getting a bit. He's, he's getting a bit. You can feel the tension building yeah. in him, can't you? It's yeah. just you know, it can't be easy for Brian. <laughs> it's... Well, especially now. I mean, because it's all going to get very awkward with Miranda, isn't it? Because now Miranda's having a go at Lillian. Lillian suddenly realised, hang on a minute, I thought I was a PA and now apparently... I thought I was a, a, I thought I was basically a mistress, but I didn't have to sleep with anybody. Uh, and I just got lots of new clothes and, and everything else mm. and, and swanned around showing off. And then she discovered that actually, she, in Miranda's eyes, she was a genuine PA and had to do things like organise her bikini waxes. And 
so now she knows she's not moving back to the Dower House, but now she will start getting snitty with Justin and that will accelerate their relationship. And then she will end up having a proper relationship with Justin while living with Brian, which is just, I mean, Brian, you know, he, Brian, Justin's Brian's work colleague and they'll just hate it. We'll just find the whole thing really cringy and awful, won't he? But I think Lillian deserves some happiness. And she does, think... but I'm not sure Justin's where she's going to find it. I know, but I think they I think they go well together. They spark off each other, don't they? They're just there. So did Matt and Lillian, and look how well that worked out. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be asking me for relationship advice, so, you know, just like it's just you stick to the sci-fi, love. Yeah, yeah, I'll stick to the, I'll do the sci-fi side of things, and yeah, I don't know. I think I, I mean Miranda again was another comedy character, wasn't yes. she? Really, another it one was of the, like, she's a woman um, over fifty, therefore she can't possibly be nice or interesting. She's just got to be a Harridan. Yeah, that's it. And they can't, you know, why can't she just be assertive? Yes polite and assertive yes. why can't but no it's got to be kind of and as soon as she walked in it was just like oh god here we go it's like they're this gonna... is like a kind of a 90s sitcom isn't it it's like yeah. they're all played by penelope keith yeah checkbook jelly that sort of thing you know it's kind of yeah, yeah my is with brian it's man about the house isn't it like... <laughs> oh god i've got I've, i always <laughs> When, when Brian goes, you know, about having to share his house and everything, I just imagine Brian poddling round the house in a dressing gown that's come ever so slightly too open. <laughs> Forever having to do it up again. You know, like, oh, sorry, Lillian. You know, putting everything away again. One of those one of those silk dressing gowns yes. that's really short. Yes. yes, exactly, with hairy knees. Ooh. Oh, that's not an image I want to think about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, New York Nigel is next. Hello, Dumpty Dums. Just a quick note to say how much fun it was to meet people a couple of weeks ago who also happen to be Archers fans, but who are absolutely wonderful. Such a great time together here in New York City, and to thank Witherspoon for being such a gracious host in such a wonderful New York spot two weeks ago. And Roy Field, how great to meet you, and wishing you all good things for your move stateside, and America has never needed more Archers fans than it does right now, I can tell you, and if only you could vote. Anyway, two things. Bye-bye, Charlie. Hello. Mr. Lettuce, or whatever his name was. Thanks, Lettuce, for letting us know about the impact of maize on soil erosion. You know, Adam had already told us about it, but you know, it's nice to hear it from a character we never knew existed and will probably never hear of again. So, number two. Oh, I hate saying this. Who's ready for a great story about elder abuse? You know, we've we've had a domestic abuse thing, but elder abuse is really an important subject, probably more than the old marital domestic abuse thing. Who do we want to see slapped around after much careful research, you know? 
hours of research by the script writers and everybody else could be the next big thing, could hit big time for the archers. Let's think. We've got Joe. Well, yeah, he's nearly went into a crack house. Peggy, yeah, some of us are ready for a bit of elder abuse there. Arsula, ah, she's not finished, is she? Let's let's see if Rob can give her a bit of a run for the money. Horrible thing to think about. We don't really want Jill to spend the rest of her life lying in her own wee wee up in bed somewhere. But, you know, this story really probably needs addressing in the Archers. All of the old people live long, happy, glorious, super-duper-duper lives, uh, and they live on and on and on. But actually, that's not what happens to old people in real life. So if we've got a real-life story, there's your challenge, script writers. Let's see if you can get everybody listening to that story. Oh, dear. Sorry. Ranted. And um, I shouldn't have done. End of a long day uh, and wishing you all the very best. And thanks for everything that you do. And good luck with the transatlantic archers narrative. Thanks for everything. Bye now. New York Jack Nigel, I think, recorded this standing in the middle of Times Square with a bucket on his head, judging by the peculiar noises that were going on behind him. Did you hear them? Yes, I did. And I tell, do you know what my first thoughts were? I thought he was having a party. Well, that's right. I, my first thought was, is why is everyone in the world having more fun than I am? <laughs> <laughs> While New York Nigel is trying to make a very serious call. Yes, it was very, yeah, it was, it, <laughs> it was very I, noisy, New York Nigel. I love the laughter in the background. Yeah. Well, I kind of, you know, I did think, you know, God, people are having a good time. I'm not. But there you go. So it's, um, yes. So um, elder abuse. Oh, Nigel, can we please just not have a cause? Just for, just for the next six months, can I not have to care about something? I'd really like yes. to not care about something. And I don't want to start now getting worried about, as far as I'm concerned, elder abuse is what Joe Grundy and Peggy Woolley inflict on everyone else. <laughs> yeah i mean let's think about when joe was kind of at the when joe was the free clothes do you know what i mean it was yes. that, that was abuse <laughs> on the rest of us wasn't it, it was joe, joe joe dressed hip-hop it's just like oh god so no i tell you what though when new york nigel said elder abuse i think this shows how yokel i am my first thought was what the trees <laughs> I thought, oh, that God, is yeah, a very good. niche version of dogging. That is, <laughs> well, yeah, that is really, yeah, yeah, isn't it? Just shag a hedge. <laughs> well, it's just like, and uh, oh God, yeah. Shall I tell you about my my theory about dogging in the archers? Yes. Well, this is kind of a, a running joke between myself and Goddess Diva, and it's about Alistair, which is that he keeps disappearing at odd times, doesn't he? Is is Alistair around? No, he's just had to pop out at. Any- Eight o'clock in the evening for an emergency. We reckon he's going dogging. <laughs> There's laybridges, laybridges. There's laybys outside Felpersham that are just getting a little bit busy. But I think it's all going to culminate on a horrific bird watching trip. Oh. Jim, puts, Jim puts the binoculars to his eyes. 
<laughs> and sees more than anyone should ever see. And sees a bit of veterinary equipment being used for something yeah. unconventional. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but no, I think you're right. I think, on the, going back to the call, I think, yeah, no, that's just enough with the issues. I think, yeah. well, I don't want this to turn into... Like, well, we've done an issue. Let's have a, let's have yeah. another meeting. Let's yeah. pick our next issue. Yeah. I want it to be character driven. I want it to be. This is one yokel who wants it to get a bit more yokel again. Yeah. I want yeah. a bit more farming in there, and I think this the last couple of weeks we've been getting a bit of that. But yes, again, a little bit. I want to be bored by shearing again. Absolutely, and I mean, I, it was just we we take the Mickey about Mister Latif and being bored by Adam about the, but I, that's part of the reason that yeah. I listen. Yeah, it's to get that sense of what goes on in a farming community. Yeah, whether it's the the big issue stuff or whether it's you know the day to day. How are we going to run this farm? Yeah. What issues on this farm? How are we going to get these jobs done? Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, thought... in the last in the last year, we've had homelessness, alcoholism, bankruptcy, uh, domestic abuse, and affairs, uh, potential affairs. Yeah, and um, the, the the plight of pregnant women in prisons. Well, I mean, God, I mean, going back to the what I said before, I mean, potentially we've got the alien abduction as an issue <laughs> as well. <laughs> Yeah, will we be seeing? Will we be seeing press releases from Radio Four saying, "Well, we felt it important yeah. to if you've raise." Been addition, if you've been <laughs> affected by aliens, please yeah. us. <laughs> but yeah, but no, you're right. It's just like I think I don't mind there being issues because there are in rural communities there are issues, and one thing that I think has been overshadowed by the Helen and Rob story that should be being looked at a lot more is the issue of homes uh, yeah the, the issue of the fact that you've got yeah. a family that's lived in um lived in that community for years yeah now finds themselves priced out of being able to even rent anywhere yeah yes now that's Absolutely. that's a rural issue yeah yep yeah, it's it's a huge the village where my mum lives this is a huge issue basically there isn't anyone between the ages, really, of about 18 and 40. Yeah. It's either younger people or these older people. Yeah. Because a bit in the middle is just like, well, you either stay on and live with your parents. Yeah. You've got to move out the village because mm. there's no nowhere to rent. Mm. And there's a lot of second homes. And, you know, it's. I think that's an issue. Yeah. I don't know. No, I agree. But I mean, it's amazing because it is. It is the archers. There is, or you know, when when Krusty needs uh, comes back to the village and starts saying, "Oh, I might look around for somewhere to rent," and we all shout, "Where?" Because you know, there's, and then all of us within within a week, she's found somewhere, you know, and she's living with Roy. Um, so when they, it kind of crops up as an issue when they want it to be an issue when it's just a fact of life uh when it's when it's when it's some some when it's a character that is actually moving a storyline along then miraculously room appears for them yes it's just yes <laughs> houses appear just like the elven houses yes would no. um yeah no, i think it's i think that's uh i think that's an issue that it's worth exploring to be honest with you so there's me you know i think there are issues that i think would fit in with 
the whole kind of ethos of the archers. And I'm not saying in any way that things like domestic violence and abuse isn't an issue in rural communities, but it's it's not, you know, it's not the only issue. Yeah. And there's other things on a day-to-day basis that I think should be explored as well. But I think this comes down to the fact that we've got so many plot lines that are just hanging in midair. Yeah, yeah. Um, have they given up with Route B entirely? Do we know? I mean, what's happening with the hippie fart? Yeah, well, I don't know. Kate's gone think... into the Bermuda Triangle, hasn't she? So we'll never know. <laughs> Route B, I think it just might turn up one day. They'll open the curtains. <laughs> there and it will be. Road. A five um, lane I don't know. You know, it's all kind of, of yeah. So yeah, just like oh look, got a road. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, nobody gets to get to the shop then. <laughs> Uh, <coughs> excuse me, Miss Mid City. Hi, it's Miss Mid City. Just wanted to say a big cheers to Peggy from last week's episode because she went to visit Helen, and instead of being uh, judgmental and rude and uh, maybe a little hostile with her and showing she was disappointed with her, which is what I might have thought, instead she was entirely supportive and loyal and dependable and sensible and down-to-earth. And that's what Helen needs right now. She needs to know that there is hope and that somebody's in her, her corner fighting for her, in her family, not putting pressure on her necessarily in the way that Tom has, but there, and they've got her back covered. Uh, so what she doesn't need uh, and I'm glad that Pat is being kept away she doesn't need the hysteria and the hand-wringing so well done Peggy Uh, and uh, not so well done to Anna Tregoran she's really getting on my nerves now because no barrister with a thriving practice is going to have time for these lengthy prison visits where she's uh, attempting to investigate the case as well as gather evidence in order to be the advocate in the case it's not her job. That's what the solicitor is for. And uh, if I were the scriptwriters, I'd go back to your legal team and ask them about how to do this properly because this is this is completely nonsense. It's, it's wrong. Anna Tregoran does not have time and apparently does not have the skills to get this information out of Helen. And I wonder whether Helen, uh, given that she's demonstrating all kinds of symptoms of being totally traumatised, I wonder if she was ever fit to plead. It's all being handled pretty badly, and I am I am tired of the storyline now for slightly different reasons to, to most people, possibly. Um, and then lastly, uh, the thing that's got me scratching my head was, was what is the point of Ed creating uh, fairy homes <laughs> in Ambridge? I don't know uh, where this piece of whimsy has come from, but it is pure foolishness, and uh, I, I'm not interested in it. It's... it's <laughs> It's stupid. What? I don't get it. I don't understand. Can you stop, please? Yes. Cheers to Peggy. And my God, it is not often we say that. But she actually, I was all braced to for her to start being horrible in Daily Mail. And she was really supportive and nice. Wasn't she? She didn't say anything horrible. I... She, she, she actually was supportive. And she didn't let Helen sort of wallow you know, or, or 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 give up. She sort of, you know, lit a fire under her and said, come on, you're an archer's woman. You get, get on with it. We're made strong. And, um, uh, you know, of course I'm coming to visit you. I'm 157 years old, but of course I'm coming up on the train and whatever else. And, you know, it was, 
Good. Yes, I liked it. It was, that was my Ambridge moment of the week. Yeah. That bit where she said, you're an archer's woman and you are stronger than you think you are. Yeah. Um, That really got me, actually. And it was just like, I was torn because it was just like, oh, it's Peggy saying it. Yeah. You know, normally I'm kind of like, oh, shut up, Peggy. But I don't know. She... She, oh God, I'm full of the the comparisons to other things tonight. She reminded me with that. um, I don't know whether you watch Game of Thrones. Yes. Um, The character that Dinah Rigg plays, Lady O'Lena. Yeah, yeah. She reminds me of Peggy because she can be really sharp-tongued. Yeah. She can also be really quite nasty. Yeah. But then when it comes to looking after her family. Yeah. It's just like, well, I might slag my family off but you come after my family and you've got to come through me yeah i think peggy is one of the strongest female characters they've got and i think that's a bit underutilized sometimes as well i think sometimes it goes into the parody of all nasty peggy and yeah but actually she's a really strong woman when when it comes down to the kind of you know when it comes down to the brass tacks She's got strength in her, and I really love that bit this week. So, bravo, scriptwriters. I thought that was superb. Yeah. And it was, as you said, it was surprising. I had to keep reminding myself. And I was still waiting for her to suddenly say, but, of course, it is all your own fault, dear, for, you know, having a baby by a a sperm donor rather than doing it properly. But she, I suppose she is quite pragmatic and and you forget, well, I forget that she has lived through a lot. She's lived through her own disastrous marriage, two of them. Well, no, one was good, one was bad. Um, and, uh, you know, she's she's nursed Jack through everything. She's seen a lot and she's made mistakes herself. And, you know, she is a kind of a, well, never mind how we got here. This is where we are and this is what we've got to do to get out of it. And that, that was... Very refreshing after all the hand wringing from Pat of, oh, but I don't understand, Tony. Why can't you do this? Where do you think she is? What do you think she's doing now? And all that stuff. Well, the thing is, is that Peggy, whilst Pat Pat was doing the hand wringing and Tony was doing the kind of the, oh, well, look, worse things happen at the CA. You just (laughs) got to get on with it. Um, Peggy was actually thinking back, and I didn't notice at the time, Peggy was um, going around getting information she was going into the en- enemy camp if you like yeah, she, she went, went to along. blossom hill didn't she she went to blossom hill and she yeah. was having conversations yeah and i think i think to be honest with you I'm, i mean maybe this is how the story is going to move on maybe it's not pat it's not tom it's not not even henry that's going to get her to open up maybe it's pat peggy Peggy, Peggy. <laughs> yes, not Pat. Definitely yeah. not Pat. <laughs> Pat would just sit there and weep and wail and and then Tony will just say, Oh, come on, let's just have a cup of tea, shall we? No, Peggy, <laughs> I think. Don't get yourself worked Peggy's up. Just... That's all he says all the time. Don't get I yourself know. worked up. God's sake. I don't I don't like the phrase man up very much, yeah. But this is one occasion where I think it's it's appropriate, which is Tony, for God's sakes, get angry. Yeah. Yeah. Get angry. If yes. if that was my daughter, I would be screaming Merry Hell. Yeah. I would be, yeah. you know what I mean? I'm just, I don't know. But yeah, I loved it with Peggy. I yeah. love that. But also Miss Mid-City, legal background. I'm sorry, but you know, we, it's, it's what we're saying. It's not really being done right, no. is it? No, it's not. Could Miss Mid-City not represent Helen? She'd be great. 
I think so, yeah. Are you free, Miss Mid-City? And I mean free in monetary terms and availability, because clearly... This is a fictional case. They will be paying you in fictional money, but it will be a lot of a lot of fictional money, if you like. Yeah. 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 And of course, fictional money doesn't exist, so you know. <laughs> so we're, everyone's we're winner. We're none the worse off, really, are we? So, <laughs> so you know, Mid City becomes rich with fictional money, and we don't have to pay any out because it's fictional. Everyone and wins. This storyline bloody well ends because obviously. If Miss Mid City does it, we can bring it all forward. So it all happens next week. So by next Friday, we should all be done and dusted. Excellent. That's right. That's the trial next week. Trial next week. <gasps> Wouldn't That's it be lovely we... if we knew that next week, say Friday, she was home with Henry. Rob was in prison somehow, and she has a baby, and everything's lovely. Yeah, absolutely. That would just be lovely. Yes, that's really. But what I'm worried about is we get September, and they'll say, "Oh, put off till Christmas." Oh God, no, they can't. They, can't, they just can't. It's they can't. I think, I, think, I, think, I think there'll be protests in the street, to be honest with yeah. you. Wasn't, wasn't there, going back, this is going back a while, wasn't there some, this is years and years and years ago, wasn't there a big kind of outraged protest because they tried to move the time that the archers was on? Yes, there was. I talked about this at the, when we had our first quiz thing. There was a march down Upper Regent Street to... Um, uh, to Broadcasting House and they had banners and it said what do we want no change when do we want it now what do we say please that's so Radio 4 and yep. I love it it's just yeah so you know I'm just saying I'm not saying anything I'm just saying if there's a trial delay well anything can happen couldn't it so you they know can't, they can't be they just can't but don't even let me i've just reconciled myself to september don't now bring in an even longer thing all right okay well that's not gonna i as you know my plot predictions are normally so wrong <laughs> it's unbelievable <laughs> so you should be safe shite so we should be fine yes yeah so you'll be fine <laughs> oh now we have some he mailer inners which i've only just remembered about okay Hang on a minute jahan dewar said Ever since I heard the episode of The Archers where Arsula demanded Rob sick pay, I have wondered if he was in fact an employee at all. Didn't he elbow his way into working at the farm shop by taking over some of Helen's shifts? He was substituting for her as a favour, not an employee, unless his employment took place off mic. Helen is probably not an employee of the farm. It will either be a partnership or a limited company. In either case, she would be part owner, so she can't be made redundant. And for God's sake, can we have Pat back? Well, yes, we'd all like to have Pat back. Didn't he? Because they then changed it to be a job share, didn't they? Yeah, I think it all comes down to whether he's got some kind of contract. Basically, yeah. I think it comes down to and and I should know this because I, you know, I was going to say work. you're all unioned up. You should know. Yeah, but this is kind of you know in the evenings. I t- I try not to think about it, <laughs> but. Um, I think it comes down to the definition between a worker and employee and they are different in the law um you know if you're kind of like self-employed that's one thing if you're a worker and not an employee so i think you're right i think it's i think it's really muddled and i think that it's not absolutely definite that he qualifies for sick pay i wouldn't pay it anyway even no, if he I did wouldn't. i'd say take me to court you can add that to the long list this Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. 
Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Some other things you'll take at me to court. Get. Right, that's it. Oh, now we need to have a bit of Millie Bell. It's the story of a cultural superpower that danced and sprinted its way to success. It brought the world reggae, Colin Powell, Rastas, Hip Hop, Bob Marley, and much more. Its story is told to you in full colour for your podcasting ears. It's the story of how Jamaica conquered the world. Search for it on iTunes, How Jamaica Conquered the World. It's probably the best least known podcast in podcastdom. Search for it today. That's the Reich Gründung, it's the story of 1914, June, Sarajevo, the heir to the throne of Austria-Hungary, Archduke Franz Ferdinand, assassinated, killed by a Serbian nationalist. About six weeks later, World War breaks out. Germany, Austria-Hungary, Russia, France, Britain, everyone is drawn into it starting in August, and then... Will America be drawn in? Listen to the first show exclusively on Mixcloud today and subscribe to us on iTunes beginning January the 18th. From Washington to Obama, 10 American Presidents, the new podcast from Royfield Brown. Do you have a National Trust sticker on your car? Do you think you could be best friends with Kath Kidson? Do you spend hours wandering around the airport looking for an organic quinoa cafe because you refuse to go to Burger King? Then Sarah Smith Cloths offer you. Available from Sainsbury's. For the Posher Washer, proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. I've just had a look at the Dumpty Dum shop. They've got no tracksuits, but they do do t-shirts, which are very flattering. Nice if you want to show off your figure a little bit. Nick couldn't carry one off, of course, but I can. So Royfield has asked me to find out from everyone here tonight, where and when do you listen to Dumpty Dum? Hello, I'm Annie Brown, a.k.a. Tilly Button, um, and I listen to Dumpty Dum around the house, mainly, um, normally in the evenings. Um, I'm uh, Tilly Button's dad, Sean, um, and I listen to Dumpty Dum while I'm cycling to work. 
Hello, uh, my name is Amy. Um, I listen to Dumpty Dum regularly on the train from Brighton to London, or London back to Brighton. And before you ask, no, I don't know what Rex was doing there. <laughs> Hello, I'm Helen, and I listen also on the train from Tunbridge Wells to London and back again. Hello, I'm Bev. I listen to Dumpty Dum in the car. Hi, I'm Michael, and I listen to Dumpty Dum on the train. G'day, everyone. Interesting week on the archers, but I noticed we have a little inactivity on the Dumpty Dum forum and also on the Facebook page. So that's my job to keep things uh, rocking along on Facebook. So I will. Work harder this week to get you more interested. But the forum, uh, whilst it hasn't been terribly active, has got some interesting discussions on there. Uh, one of them is uh, the ongoing discussion of still desperately trying to give a toss, which was started by Dusty Substances. Uh, people still talking about, please, can we give over with the Henry's daddy? I think we did, we did come to a conclusion with that. And a big discussion about what's the deal with Helen not wanting visitors. So please get involved. You know, without you, we don't really have a show. We don't have a forum. We don't have a Facebook page. So dumptydum.com forward slash forums and get stuck in, please. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, we were talking on the Facebook page about Josh, wondering whether he should be concentrating on his studies or should his entrepreneurial skills be encouraged regardless and Karen Cunningham said, no, he should be banned from any enterprise that involves marketing, including any form of social media. One massive pain in the arsenic in the family is more than enough. Thank you. Frankly, I'm finding this sibling rivalry thing with New Pip extremely tedious already, although she seems to have settled on the one accent now. So that's something. Yes, I must say, I did find that whole bickering thing in front of Rex very odd. I didn't think that a kid, a young person of her age would really have kept that going for quite so long. But anyway, what do I know? I've only got three of them. Um, Jane Mitchell said, yes, he should be focusing on his studies. I find I'm really growing to dislike business person Josh. Putting his business concerns over his family's makes him look like a real shyster. That's right, Jan, and it doesn't feel right, does it? Mint but no time. If the family is really mercenary, the kids tend to grow up the same way too, in my humble opinion. A bit of entrepreneurial flair is one thing. Fleecing all around you or trying to do so would surely not be tolerated by his parents. And not tolerated by Neil. Neil had a bit of a crack, but then it kind of tailed off, didn't it? Anyway, uh, I shall uh, put up some more uh, questions to ask you to get some feedback from you for this week. So please continue to stay involved. The, uh, we also asked the question, what should we ask our podcasters this week? A bit of a side thing. Um, we, we had a long line of questions and then Dee Leary said, what's your favourite colour? No one asks once you get past about 10 and mine is purple, by the way. And there's a lovely little thread under there. Uh, which you really should read. It's, it's quite sweet, uh, including a picture of Dee Leary's new purple tattoo. I just love it. So thank you, Dee. You made me smile uh, on a very cold day here in northern Victoria. But the person who asked uh, the correct question, uh, no, now I've lost a name, uh, it was someone who said, oh, here we go, Joe Andrews, who asked, who was your first Archer's crush? 
So I have asked the others, and I'm going to have a bit, uh, deviate a bit here and say, and have a guess. I'm going to guess that Royfield will say either Kate or Fallon, but Kate is a bit flaky, so I'm thinking Fallon. I think Lucy V is going to say Brian because he's smart and funny and so is she. But he's a bit old for her, so maybe I'm wrong there. Uh, Witherspoon was a bit trickier because there haven't been a lot of characters that I might associate with him. Uh, So I'm going to say that he might be intellectually interested in Jim. Uh, but I'm not sure that he would have had a crush on anyone. And I would, a few years ago, have said David because um, he's very kind and he loves his family and, you know, these are qualities that I like. But this last year, not so much. I don't like the way he never asks uh, Ruth uh, when he's decision-making and just seems to defer to Pip. It just feels really awkward. So actually, when I really thought about it, I'm going to go with Brian as well, even though he's too old for me. So there you go. Uh, so until next week, uh, please get involved, dumptydum.com or on the Facebook page. And until then, hoo-hoo. Okay. I love Millie Bell stuff. I think it's – and actually, the thing with Millie Bell is that Millie Bell is my, is my weekly reminder that I really should go on – the forum a bit more, <laughs> and I really should go onto the Facebook page Here a little is bit Bell more. With your weekly guilt trip, <laughs> yeah, basically it's it. It's just like I listen and it's go. Oh, that's a great discussion. Oh, that's a great comment. I should go on, and then I just fall asleep. So, you know, I maybe I should put it in my diaries. For God's sake, yes. go or on. You'll upset Millie Bell. Yeah, no, because she does a great job, and, and you know, I feel as though I should support. And that, she's so. a very calming, soothing influence. She never, she never gets inflect because some, you know, some there are some strange people who say inflammatory things, and she never ever lets it get to her. She's just very calm and very peaceful, and makes it a lovely place to be. Which is it is, like. yeah, it yeah. is. It's lovely. So that's that's my that's my um kind of task for the week is be a bit more online. So yes, yes. so. Lucy, what yes. are your top five hashtags, archers, tweets of the week? Well, it's top four, isn't it? Because you've ruined one by saying it already. <laughs> yes, so in a new format. What <laughs> in a break top... from tradition. <laughs> What's your top four archers, tweets of the week? Um, Becky Black Books uh, was talking about uh, Peggy's prison visit. She said, this is apparently the best day out Peggy's had in ages. Has she bought sandwiches and a hard-boiled egg? <laughs> <laughs> she, did, she did seem terribly keen to come. Well, I'm coming again. This is marvellous. Yes, it's much more interesting than going She's to Jennifer's. A, a, a tartan flask with her yeah. as well. <laughs> uh, um, uh. Did, when they're talking about um, the birthing partner, the potential birthing partner for Helen, that was a discussion on Twitter. Yep. Justin Farrington said, they should let Pat be there. All they have to do is tell her not to say anything stupid. Oh, I'm already seeing the problem. <laughs> Uh, David Martin um, said mystifyingly but I did like it everyone seems to forget that Peggy smuggled homemade custard to the resistance in France in World War 2 and possibly World War (laughs) 1 I don't know what the hell that was about but it made me laugh and tweet of the week (laughs) oh yes tweet of the week very good Leonard Odyssean said this is in quotes there is something pat could do but it might not work 
What? A medical degree in obstetrics and gynaecology in a fortnight. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't trust Pat to deliver a postcard at the moment, never mind a child. But anyway, there we are. That's worth thinking about, does it? So brilliant, brilliant, brilliant tweets. So if you'd like to help keep our little show on the road, um, there are two ways that this can be done. You can donate by uh, you can uh, donate by hitting the donate button on the site, or, or you can go to patreon.com, search for Dumpty Dum, and you can donate two dollars a show, which is about one pound thirty. And remember, you can get in. Uh, you can get in contact. You can send us uh, a voice message by Speakpipe on the site, or call 0203-031-3105 to leave a message. You can find us on Twitter uh, at Dumpty Dum, me at Yokel Bear, Sarah Smith at Sarah underscore Smith, and Harriet at Shambridges. And that's it, I think, for the week, isn't it? It is. I think we're done. We are. That was fun. So it was fun. I'm just going to send this to Royfield before I forget so I don't get a cross text when he wakes up saying, Send me the file! There we go. Lovely. Well, that'll work Brilliant. very well. Very good. Right. I really enjoyed that. Good. I was enjoy it. It's great, isn't it? It is. What are you going to do now? You're going to go and have some dinner. Um. Oh, I have my dinner very quickly. When I got, I probably have something more to eat because I need a little sandwich. So I, I might go and get something else. And then I'm thinking about. Um. I'll tell you what. I'm reading this book at the moment. Do you know Joanne Harris, the author? Yes. Her latest one, Different Class. Is so exciting, it's unbelievable. Really? Yeah, it's set in a, it's set in a boys' she school. She wrote Chocolat, didn't she? Yeah. And it's set in a boys' school, but it's you don't quite know what's going on because there's a murder, there's a diary being kept by somebody who might be the murderer, who also might be one of the schoolboys. It's... And this... Uh, I still don't know who the murderer is. But it could be a schoolboy who's a psychopath, and it's really exciting. So that's probably one. It's like one of those things, you know, where you, we, it's three in the morning, I just do one more chapter. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to work anymore. One more chapter. So, yeah, so that's what I'll probably do. What are you doing? That sounds really good. I am going down to see the rest of my family, uh, who uh, I haven't seen because they all came in and I said, shush, I'm recording. And then... <laughs> And then disappeared upstairs. Um, so I must go and say hello to them all yes. and um, and all that stuff. Brilliant. And also get the dog out of the bin, which is where I imagine he probably is by now if no one's taking any notice of him. What is it with bins and, you know, whatever, you know, there's my, my headphones in the, uh, in the, <laughs> in the laundry basket. basket. It's just odd things in bins. That's the thing. <laughs> cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
night. <laughs> the theme. Right. Absolutely. All right. Brilliant. Go and have your Slugging second speak. dinner. Thank you very, very much. It's a pleasure. Thank you. See you See later. You bye. Bye.